Welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Joy Tutor Podcast. I am your host, Joanna Williams. Together, we will unpack, learn, teach, and celebrate the journey of emerging entrepreneurs and courageous trailblazers. Let's dig in. So how do I introduce you to the world? I mean, given that we are high school teen moms, (laughs) and now we are entrepreneurs and generational curse breakers and trendsetters and trailblazers okay yes (laughs) help me introduce you to the world well anybody that would know me technically would know me by Lee Chunha Stovall I'm sure you remember of course that name was coined in high school because you know I was somewhat I guess fashionable I don't know how they came up with that but it just stuck one day. It was like, ew, like the magazine. It's like, okay, I'll go with it. And uh, so, yeah, here we are. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> well, wait a minute. That name is now associated with New York Fashion Week. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, okay. Let's let, come on, come on and shine now. We are both <laughs> in sync for reasons. Please do tell. Give us the tea. It is associated with New York Fashion Week. Uh, it is associated with Chattanooga Fashion Expo and among some other things that I've been working on and uh, we are growing and blossoming and I am excited about everything that is happening and taking place. It's blowing up. That's all I'm saying. I know. It's the glow up is real. Okay, so let's let's get into it. Um, yeah. L, you and I both share similar journeys as we are both teen mothers, but we are also generational curse breakers, whereas we have raised beautiful ladies. But while we were raising our children, we had big dreams, right? Yes, big dreams, big dreams. They were just paused and uh, we had to push play again you know later on but they were accomplished and that that and that's the important thing that they were accomplished and we are yet still accomplishing that's what's important and um, so I'm excited about that because uh, not only do we get to see the manifestation of that in our own lives but we get to see how we are an encouragement to others and allow them to, you know, have that same fruit begin to like process and bud in their lives. We plant seeds and water seeds, whether we realize it or not. The pause, you know how many times we have paused our dreams and our businesses because (laughs) life was happening. Yes, 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 yes. Life happened and we just had to keep pressing pause and for you know, our millennials and the babies who know nothing about having to press pause, you know, but oftentimes in life, we find ourselves where we had to, like you said, press that pause button or had to put things on hold before we could actually accomplish being a mom. What do we have to do? Well, those babies had needs before, you know, our dreams could manifest. And I'm grateful for those pauses because those pauses gave us the strength It gave us the determination. It gave us the tools, the tenacity, and everything else that was thrown inside that pot to stir and to create, you know, what we're seeing now and what's to come. And, you know, my grandmother used to always talk about how when you boil meat, the fat always rise to the top and you skim the fat off of the top. So all the impurities, those things that we didn't need, the fat, so to say, rose to the top. So we have the meat and the substance of 
who we are and our foundation and our strength and, you know, that of our, uh, you know, our grandmothers, our great grandmothers, our mothers, you know, our ancestors, those who have poured into us and gave us the strength and foundation of who we've become and who we are to become because we're still growing. So I'm excited about this because even though, you know, you're on your Joy Tutor journey and I'm on my L Stovall journey and we have other journeys to come, but we'll see the fruit of what we're doing. Absolutely. And I'm so excited about you literally have manifestations sitting behind you, those yes. beautiful pieces. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so mm -hmm. right behind you are some of the pieces that you have presented in New in York Fashion Week. That was during the height of the pandemic, which was so that. odd that I got the invitation during that time, got everything together and I went. And what was odd was I am a major procrastinator, which is horrible. And I was working on my pieces and couldn't get everything together and got to New York. I had four pieces done. I was sitting in the hotel room and I think I had called you because I had left thread at home and I was freaking out because I had left thread and I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to show. This is going to be a wasted trip. And I called a young lady who I used to go to school with that was working in New York. And she was like, just give me a minute. She went to her job and got thread and bought it to the hotel to me. And by, let's see, four o'clock the next day, I had completed eight pieces. Don't ask me where it came from. You know, I don't know if the little birds came out like in, what was that, Cinderella when they made the gown? I don't know if they came out of notes, but I, I got it done. <laughs> So, but it was an amazing experience. Out of that, I got other invitations, but unfortunately, remember, I, you know, I caught COVID. And so it's been a uh, recuperating phase from there, uh, dealing with my health. But I do have standing invitations to return when my health is back in place. So I'm excited about that. But it was an amazing experience for my brand. It taught me something because you know how we all deal with that imposter syndrome where it's, mm -hmm. am I good enough? Am I good enough? But it taught me like when you doubt yourself, other people really see your worth. And so you have to begin to see yourself oftentimes, not, I don't want to say the way other people see you, but you have to see yourself um, as valuable as you are and stop discounting who you are based on the naysayers or based on how you're feeling on that day. Cause you know, we can destroy ourselves in a moment of weakness. Now we're on the other side of that. Now we are literally standing in our power. Um, yes. We are no longer allowing life to bump us around and we are no longer maneuvering our dreams around life. No, life is going to have to maneuver around our dreams because we are steadfast and moving yeah. forward. I'm learning not to dread the what ifs, you know, how we, mm. I'm, a, I'm a chronic overthinker. And so because I'm a chronic, my husband's always <laughs> busting at me. He's like, you just overthink all the time. My daughter's like, you're such a worry ward. I've been like that my entire life. I'm always the what if. I've got to have a plan for the what if, and I've got to have a plan for the what ifs, what if, you know? And, um, but I'm learning not to fear the what if. I'm learning that if the what if happens, so sometimes we have to go with the ebbs and flows of life. And oftentimes it may not go the direction we want it to go, um, but we have the power to redirect those things. And it may take us a little longer. It may be a little slower than we want it. Um, but we can redirect that thing back into the direction that we're supposed to be going. And it's like, okay, let's go. You know, just like when I caught COVID, I was not expecting to be oxygen dependent as long as I was. I was not expecting the health issues that I've had afterwards. I wasn't expecting it, which I shared with you, the cancer scares afterwards and, you know, the, the surgeries and the procedures that I've had <laughs> afterwards yeah. and everything else that, you know, now I'm sitting here facing another surgery and various things coming up. And 
you know, I'm like, oh my God, the hiccups. And I'm, I'm really trying to, you know, launch and do this. And it's like, this is life. You know, you just mm-hmm. keep going, you know? So guess what? While I'm laid up after surgery, what am I going to do? I guess I'll sketch some things out, you know, and I let my creative ideas flow. And I have to stop looking at the, what I'm losing and think about what I can gain in the process, you know? So we have to stop dreading the what ifs and fearing the what ifs and look at what we can gain during the time of the what if, because there's so much to gain in our what ifs around what ifs and overthinking I too am an overthinker and I have found myself surrendering that has been my word especially since I am completely bald did you get rid of joy I I got rid of the little island so there was just a little patch of hair last night I had my daughter Kelly shave the little hair island that was left (laughs) in the front I just it's gone it's gone I am completely bald and just to sit in that moment and really see myself I was okay with it I was at peace you know my hair follicles my you know broke up with me (laughs) right (laughs) you know those days are over so now I have to find the new me in this journey I mean there were a lot of moments a lot of nights a lot of days where I was just simply shivering and afraid literally just crying because your hair as a black woman for so long my identity was tied to my hair yes my crown right and when you lose your hair it's you lose part of how you viewed yourself and that identity and that persona I mean you can mohawk your hair you can curl your hair baby way (laughs) baby hair all of those things and I had gotten to a place where I really fully and finally embraced my natural curly hair mm-hmm. but you know how mainstream society has promoted straight hair and I wanted the straight hair the perm hair. I remember days crying for a perm fast forward I found myself worth I love myself and it's almost like God said well I'm gonna test you on that test you in the biggest way since you said that you have now healed all of your childhood trauma, your wounds, you know your self-worth, you love yourself, I'm going to test you. Can you love yourself with who you are without your hair? Can you still see yourself without your hair? That's powerful. Mm-hmm. And absolutely I can. Now, will I go outside today without this wig oh absolutely not because Lee you did not tell me that being bald like this was cold (laughs) yes it's cold you did not say I did not get the memo that is cold let me tell you something I I, I was like wait what what was that oh that was a breeze that yeah that was a breeze in a Chicago yeah it's flat yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I looked around for that Chicago Hulk. You know what I'm talking about. We both from the south side of Chicago. And that, that cold is different. So, yeah, I didn't get the memo that is that cold. Yes. What we're going to do in the summer, I don't know, sis. <laughs> to be continued. Um, but, but we are here. Okay. And again, yes. my word is surrender. 
uh, you guys, I may pop on one day with the ball. Yeah, you, you'll get it one day. But for now, it is 23 degrees in New York. I shall not. <laughs> Say no, not yet. Not now. <laughs> <laughs> not, not yet. Okay. And the way these 2022 weeks are set up with the baby here, listen, honey, you can't tell us nothing. Around. I was like, okay, God. <laughs> the other side of it is you will learn that wigs are hot. So, oh. and, you know, when we, we enter this other side of life, you know, where we have our own personal summers, then soon the wigs just, you know, you snatch them off. So it, it's, it's two sides to this bald life, you know, and, 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 <laughs> and, and much like you, you know, I, I was caught in the, the hair thing, you know, because being a, a biracial child, my mom's Korean, my father's African-American, and I had this long, wavy, fabulous hair that my family made a big deal about because, you know, you got the good hair, you know, so to say, mm-hmm. and had long hair and you know, I cut it, it grew back and went through, I lost my hair before hair grew back. Then one day my hair just started kind of like, like I said, attacking me, like, like, hold on, wait a minute. You know, I got like Mortal Kombat going on on my scalp here. What's happening? And um, it was start where I would just cut it shorter and shorter because it was um, the pain. It was, you know, started with, it's, I guess it's considered like, you know, painful <laughs> alopecia in a sense because um, my scalp would get inflamed and, you know, I'll get like uh, sores and inflammate, like the little inflammation bruises and different things like that. And um I just started having to cut it shorter and shorter to get relief. And finally, one day it was like, just took the razor to it. It was like, I got to cut it off. And a lot of people, you know, why don't you wear wigs? I did the wig thing. You know, we, we were in ministry. So I did the wig yeah. thing for a minute. And then finally, one day I was like, you know, forget all this. I'm over it. I'm over people. You know, either you're going to take these prayers and this gospel with this bald head, or you're not going to take it at all. One of the two. But it was the first time that I actually had to look at me. You know, to look, I have this picture. I was sitting in my bathroom. I had put on lashes. I had totally shaved my head. And I was just sitting in the bathroom. I was just looking in the camera. And where I tried to put on a smile to like be cute, like, oh, yay. But it was the first time that I had actually just looked at me. And I don't know if you remember in high school, everybody thought I was conceited. I was named, you know, I was kind of like, oh, she's conceited. And nobody knew that I battled with the worst case of low self-esteem. I was like, if y'all really, I really don't like myself. I really think I'm ugly. You know, and that's going back in childhood trauma. That's something totally, mm-hmm. <laughs> totally, you know, on the but it was the first time that I actually got to look at myself without hair, without, you know, what we would consider to accentuate beauty and that I could actually absorb and take me in and say, you're beautiful, you know, and I had to battle with that. It's like, well, am I beautiful? Is he going to think I'm beautiful? Or, you know, what's my family going to say? Or especially, you know, being from a Korean culture and a Korean culture, they're like really staunch about a lot of things and um very traditional about a lot of things and my, my mom's you know her being older you know she's considered from the old country you know so a lot of traditions and mindsets and so there's a lot of things like oh what's going to happen how are people going to react and I just had to get to the place like it's not about people it's about you and so I just had to learn to become more and more comfortable and one thing my husband's always said this to me but it didn't register until just like this one day when we were, you know, dealing with me and my little bald head issue. <laughs> and he said, men are attracted to confidence. He said, you could have the best shape, 
he said, you could be the smallest size, you could have the longest hair, you could be the most gorgeous woman. But if you don't have confidence, he said, a man is not going to be attracted to you. He said, you have to be confident in whatever you have. And it was like, like I said, he's always said that. But then it, it just something that day just clicked like, oh, so that means I got a rock this size 18, you know, <laughs> and this all head. And I, I just got to do me, you know, so it was like a moment like, oh, my, wait, hold on, let me get me back, you know, because at that point I began to realize I lost so much of me, lost mm. so much of me being a mom, lost so much of me being a wife, because, you know, as being raised by my great grandmother, you know, how they raise you when you become a mom is no longer about you. So you can't mm -hmm. do these things anymore because it's about this child. And when I became a wife, well, you can't do this because you don't embarrass your husband. You carry your husband's name. You're a representative of your husband. And so you have a family. Then I became in ministry. When I got in ministry, you're a representative of God. So you, so it was all of these boundaries and barriers. And so I felt like I could never be me. And so I had created this persona of what I was supposed to be while deep down inside, I was Lee, was literally dying, withering away. And so losing my hair put me in a position where I had to learn to love Lee. I had to learn to love who Lee was. I had to reconcile with the little girl inside of me and begin to forgive her. Although she did nothing wrong, but I blamed her for so many things. So it was a whole process that I had to go through, but it was the first time it was like, okay, let me love me for me. You know, we all go through it. You know, one day you may like the bald head and one day it's like, oh my God, I want some hair, you know, but then I've learned in that, you know, the days I want some hair, I'll go grab one of my girls out the closet and I throw on and the days I don't want any hair, then, you know, we got this little slick, you know, milk dud up here and we're good, <laughs> you know, process, but, um, I wouldn't change this journey because I've learned so much about me. You know, if I had to lose it to become who I am today, I'm like, it was worth it. It was so worth it. That's, I mean, well, you definitely made it easy for me to transition over because honey, you look beautiful and absolutely stunning. Thank Bald. you. I love it. And you definitely do rock it with confidence. It shows to look at you from when we were walking through the hallways of CVS <laughs> and then to watch you walk out on the runway, New York Fashion Week, bald head glowing, confidence glowing. It was such a blessing and an honor to watch you evolve, to watch you grow, which is the reason why I am honoring you with the Creator Award at my Joy Tutor Celebrations of Courage event. So deserving of it. To give a little background is my company, as some may already know, but for those who do not know, Joy Tutor was created to help those, those everyday individuals like you and myself, Lee, right? Yes. <laughs> who have big dreams, but have family and have life. But we do not want to give up on our dreams and we need a tribe and we need motivation and we need support. And you have been that support for me and I have been that support for you and I've watched you grow. And yes. you are so deserving of the Creator Award June 4th here in Brooklyn, as well as virtual. If you can attend in person, that's fine. If not, you can attend no, via online Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I officially 
nominate you with the Creator thank Award. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, so much. I mean, look what's yeah. sitting behind you. And you have so much more to do. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm so excited. I mean, we we are finally living in our dreams, Lee. Like we're here. We are here. And I'm sorry I keep calling you Lee because folks oh, will we'll be looking for you under your you know, your brand name, which is your name as well, which is El Snowball. But, yeah. um, you know, I'm your good Judy. You are my good Judy. So. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, and one thing I constantly think about, and I know you remember this, when we were walking in Brooklyn, we walked into the promenade and we had stopped and we sat on those stairs of, I think it was a brownstone. And both of us are just sitting there. We were like, <sighs> like, it's gotta get better than this. <laughs> It was just like, oh my God, it's got to get better than this. And we were just talking about where we wanted to be in the next year. And even though we weren't quite where we wanted to be, it didn't stop us to keep from persevering and, you know, just keep going and keep driving. And I remember because that was November and I was there in there was the beginning of April for the Project Runway casting call. Oh, earlier, 2015, right? Yes, yes, I went early. And it, it was funny how that happened because, <laughs> long story short, I had quit this job this this particular day. I, it, was, it was a very toxic work environment. And I was like, you know what, I am done. It's like kind of one of those things. I didn't even give a two-week notice. It was like, I'm out, bye. You know, give my check, I'm out of here. Um, and when I got in the car, when Leonard picked me up, I looked at my email, my phone and my email, and it says Project Runway Casting. And it gave the date, it was the following Wednesday. And I was like, oh, okay. And so in my mind, I'm trying to figure out, okay, how can I make this work with a last minute ticket and it's right before Easter, how am I gonna get to Project Runway? And so a friend of mine is like, well, you know, if everybody on your friends list gave you a dollar, you could go. And I was like, yeah. You know, so I kind of put the joke out there, like she said, da, 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 da. so I had people literally like, yeah, we'll, we'll give it. Oh, so literally by time that was Friday, Thursday. Yeah. So by Friday night, literally everything was paid for. Then um, a friend that I grew up with uh, that actually went to grade school and went to high school with us. She lives in uh, the Bronx and she was like, you can stay with me. No worries. We've got this. You're going to this audition. It's like, okay, got there and did not progress the way I wanted to. Of course, I wanted to be on the show, but they were excited and they were like, come back next year. Gave me some points to work on, come back next year. So I was excited about that. I'm like, yes, the next year I couldn't come back because my, well, as you know, my grandmother was in hospice during the auditions. And so where was I with my grandmother, of course? And um, I was like, okay, so I'll go back the next year. And then life happened. So I didn't go back. And every year after that, life has happened. But, um, and then last year I had thought about it, but I was still dealing with the health issues from COVID. And so I was like, you know what? I think when they come back around, you know, I may contemplate doing it again. I've grown so much from there and I've learned so much from that. And life has taught me so much. I think I would be in a better position. I be, would be more mature. So from March... 2015 fast forward November you come down to visit you're like hey wait wait what I posted my my New York State ID on Facebook yeah. of course with, with the I you know with the numbers blacked out but I was like hey y'all everyone was like wait what is happening right now here we are seven years later but when you came out in that November it I mean New York let me tell you 
it is it's not for the weak of heart oh no and absolutely not it's not right so when you came mind you I just cut all my hair off I never I'll cut my that. hair short and I did it because my husband was telling me and so I don't I like your hair long how many times or how often do we compromise for others mm-hmm. <laughs> why if I wanted my hair short why did I not cut my hair short why because I was trying to keep him happy appease mm-hmm. him and again going back to which another podcast show I, I spoke about I realized that I was performing for love. Mm -hmm. No more. Now that I'm free from that, I'm in this new relationship where the energy was completely different. And I was a free bird, honey. Cut all the hair off. I'm in these New York streets. (laughs) I gained weight in New York. Remember? (laughs) Yes. As I came in, like, where'd this go from? that little love weight and but at the same time though I was experiencing something that I'd never experienced before because I was a um I'm the oldest sister of four girls but um my mother worked you know how how our moms worked hard so I was a latchkey kid and I had to be responsible for myself and my sister at a very young age so I say all that to say I did not I was always looking out for somebody else and I did not have that freedom to do what I wanted to do because I transitioned from being a big sister to a teen mom at 17 and here comes 2015 where all three of my children are in college and I have this you know this new bay in New York and for you to come out and I'm like okay we um now what do I do I'm like okay and I was I remember talking to you and saying okay here's what I want to do I want to have my own podcast but I did not do it because I was afraid so here we are now I'm doing my podcast (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes but you know what I, I am taking as a motto because sometimes I talk myself out of things because of fear um mm-hmm. I'll again those what ifs like I'm learning not to fear the what ifs um I'm learning be afraid but do it anyway yes you know so it's like if I'm afraid do it anyway you know it's like don't allow fear to stagnate me where I don't move forward because you know we have people who and I, I've been this way that we get scared and what happens? We literally freeze. And you have people who are frozen in fear for years, for decades, you know, generations, families have been frozen in fear for generations, you know? So I am learning like, be afraid, but do it anyway. What breaks fear? I can't swim, but I'm gonna jump out here anyway. <laughs> Hopefully somebody will throw me, you know, life preserver. And that's what courage is. Courage is moving forward, even though yeah. you are afraid. Yes, yes, absolutely. And much like yourself, I am a natural born caregiver. So that's Mm. just something in me. 
regardless of who I'm around some way. And I'm caregiving responsibility was ripped from my hands. And I literally didn't know what to do with myself. And I already was kind of, you know, dealing with the depression and it was a sense of relief. And then it wasn't, I was teetering into a depression because it was like, what do I do with myself now? Mm -hmm. You know, because it's like, I don't have anyone to take care of. I don't have to take care of my husband in a sense. He's very independent. I don't have a husband that I've got to serve him his dinner. And yeah, of course, as as his wife, because of how I was raised, I wash his clothes. You know, I make sure I fix his dinner and all, you know, that type of thing. You know, so we, we have a pretty independent marriage. We live pretty independent lives of each other as well as collectively. You know, I find myself as like, what do I do? You know, he's like, well, do something with yourself. So you're not sitting here moping, you know? (laughs) And it's like, okay, but I had to begin to learn. What do I like? What don't I like? You know, is learning another side of me because I've always been that caregiver and having to take care of someone else. And my daughter's not here and having to worry about taking care of her. And, you know, although we always feel like we have to take care of our babies, even when they're away, (laughs) it still put me in a position and it made me introspectively Uh, look at me and say, what do I need for me? And so that's where a lot of self-care begin to come in and effort of taking care of someone else. We neglect us, whether it's, and not, and not just even so much of getting our nails done or our bubble baths or things, those things are wonderful, but just self-care in the sense of just taking a moment and just sitting in peace and quiet, whether it be going to your car and just having a moment to breathe or you know, some my little getaway is going to go get an ice cream cone, sitting in my car and just enjoying and absorbing some peace and quiet. So I, I begin to really take advantage of those things. Like, okay, this is self-care for me. And, you know, you've cared for everyone else. Now care for yourself. Um, taking my health a little bit more seriously. Because like I said, after COVID and dealing with all these different health issues and autoimmune issues and, you know, additional cancer scare and all this other stuff that's come up. Um, it's like, okay, you need to make your health more of a priority than you have because you've been so busy taking care of everyone else. You're not taking Mm -hmm. care of yourself, you know? So it it makes you put life in a different position when you have to um, look at yourself and really, you know, kind of focus on self-care for yourself. But I'm grateful for that transition that took place. But I realized, again, going back to that day, sitting on that porch, if we had not had that moment, it was like that moment, Thank you for joining and listening in. We greatly appreciate your time. To learn more about our business development classes, such as how to start a business, business plan development, and if you have a Wix website and you're struggling with updates, we got you. I'm also excited to announce that we've launched our new We've got to do this. Again, to see us now. I mean, as you were speaking about the moment on the on the brownstone stoop, I was looking at how much we have grown, you know, as far as fear, which is a false sense of reality. <laughs> yes. And I have confirmed those things that I was afraid of to be false. And I had to, the only way to do that was to actually do it, was to, was to face it. But since the stoop moment, November 2015, 
And knowing what you know today, if there were three things that you could tell yourself that day, what would it be? Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, three things I could tell myself that day. Yeah, walking up to her, you, you see you and I sitting there. The sun was beaming on us. The water was over here on to the right. We could see yes. down <laughs> to the pier. Um, and you walk up, you're walking down the street, you now live in New York, you are a successful fashion designer, you are where you want to be, your future self. What would your future self and who you are today tell you? What pieces of advice would you give? I probably would have told her, <laughs> don't sweat the small stuff. Definitely don't sweat the small stuff. Uh, we make such a big deal over the things that don't matter and we make them take so much precedence over the things that matter um, that we lose focus. So stay on your path, no matter how distracted you get, stay on your path. And I would have told her, just do it. Just yeah. do it. I love it. Yep. I love yeah. it. For me, I would have told myself that I was enough. You are oh. enough. Oh. Yes. I would have yeah. hugged myself. I would have gave myself a kiss shower because I, I do that for my nieces and nephews, a kiss shower. I kiss them like this yeah. all go on, circle around their face. I would have given myself a kiss shower and said, you are enough. You were always enough. That's number one. Number two, I want you to say this every day and know this. You are loved. You are loved. And lastly, take your power back. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> a, a force to be reckoned with. Um, yes. Because those are the things that has helped me. And those are the very things that I have today. Is that I love myself in a way that I did not even know that I needed at that time mm -hmm. I had no clue but I will say certain things and certain behaviors that I would do would shine a light on my insecurities mm -hmm. even though I was confident on the outside but you know holding my tongue or doing certain things to be sure that I am not rocking the boat per se no more you know, now I'm at peace with, okay, if you're upset that I do not want to join you because I am having a self-care day, I'm at peace with that. Right. <laughs> and as Miss Tabitha Brown has taught me, because I too have the spirit, the takeover spirit, okay, and the caregiver spirit, <laughs> I mind my business. Thank you, Tabitha. Thank you, Tabitha Brown. Yes. I, mind your business, Joe. <laughs> I'm learning that like stay in your lane <laughs> yeah. yes mind your business um so with all that being said where are we today today we have our podcast live and going amazing yay we have our empowerment events we also um I've created my own website well I did back then but now it is my baby it is exactly where I wanted and needed it to be started over from scratch since then and 
So I've taken and applied my 18 years of project management experience with my love for entrepreneurship and my takeover spirit and caregiver spirit and applied that to entrepreneurship. And now I help entrepreneurs get unstuck, get out of their head. I go and fight the devil who is the details and help entrepreneurs get organized, help entrepreneurs come up with a roadmap of, okay, this is all that's on my plate, Joe. I don't know where to start. I'm stressed. I'm frazzled. Okay, sis, let's get organized. Let's create a roadmap. And now we're going to break it down and do an execution plan. And I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I have so many clients. And you love doing it. That's the good thing. You love doing it. So that is is my passion. Yes, and it shows. That's a beautiful thing to get up and do what you love. I lose track of time, you know, like Tori. (laughs) She came and she was like, I'm so stressed out. We already know that Tori is an amazing interior designer. Yes, yes. Amazing. If you guys would like to see her work, go to augustconcepts.com or something or, or TikTok, okay? Amazing. Yes. And but she just had so many ideas as far as, you know, having her own wallpaper line, having her own bedding line. And it, it, we all, entrepreneurs, I'm guilty of it as well, but I apply, I practice what I preach. We have to get it out of her head, out of our heads, and we have to get it on paper and get it organized where we can see the MVP, right? We can see right. the bigger picture down the road and then work our way back. And now we turn what we can see into actionable steps. Mm-hmm. That's easy for me. Other yes. people, and other people are like, why is that easy for you? <laughs> and see, for me, I think the biggest thing I struggle with um, and I'm just so transparent about this with people. I can give you all the steps to do everything you need to be successful. And I have done it. And I see people launch off and they're doing great. And I'm still sitting there like, so, you know, so I've had to learn to take my own advice. And yeah. so I, I've, I've had to do that role. And you and I have had those conversations like, Joe, like, what do I do? You know, but I've had to learn to kind of do that. You know, like, okay, you're the, you're the person that you're talking to. What are you going to do? You know, and, and, and the biggest thing has been for me is the procrastination. You know, but I also realized procrastination has also come as a result of fear. So that's why I had to start learning, like, you know, kick fear in the mind, like, get, you know, get fear up out of here because it will slow your progress oh, yeah. and it will, you know, and, and, and it will make you lose a lot of opportunities because you're behind, yes. you know, what you're supposed to be doing. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, if I, if I could get through that part where it's like, I'm, you know, cause it, and every project for me starts off like, okay, how do I do this? I know how to do it, you know? And, and, and I, I used to always deal with this thing like, oh my God, I'm self, because I'm self-taught. Mm-hmm. And okay, yeah, I, I went to fashion design school to learn the technical side of it, which, yeah, that's a whole nother story, you know, because <laughs> it's like, did I really learn the technical side of it? No, because part of it, I was teaching classes. So it's like, okay, oh. that was a whole nother story, <laughs> whole nother story. And um, so it was like, all right, before I left, you know, my uh, chair, she was like, 
why why am I letting you come back here taking student loans to teach my classes? It's like, (laughs) you were naturally born to do it. Yeah, you know, and uh, literally I sat down. I don't know if I ever told you that how I started sewing. I was working as I was supposed to be school. my next question. Like, oh, how I, did, how did fashion and your passion find you? You know, it's something that I've had since I was a little girl, you know, my, the women in my family were always very fashionable. Um, I had one of my older aunts. Um, she was a fashion model and I always played in her makeup and played in her clothes. And she wasn't one of those ones. She would fuss at me about playing in it. She's like, well, since you want to play in my shoes, let me show you how to walk in them. Since you want to play in my clothes, let me show you how to wear them. You know, since you want to play in my jewelry, let me show you how to put it on. You know, you want to play in my makeup, let me show you how to do the makeup. And then, of course, she realized, stay out of my stuff, you know. And um, as a matter of fact, this is my aunt that passed right before my grandmother. And, um, but she, I mean, she, fabulous. Oh my God. She was like our glamour girl. And my, my grandmother, she, you know, she was uh, the glamour girl and, you know, had her hair that she was from the era that you dressed up to go to the grocery store, you know? So, you know, the, and, and then during the time was her, her and her husband had multiple businesses and they did, um, business with the city of Chicago with the first mayor daily. So, you know, they were kind of well-to-do and, you know, so she had to look the part basically, <laughs> you know, African-Americans doing business the way to the caliber that they were and so um you know with all that being said um just fashion was just kind of like in our household and so I always just kind of loved the fashion and my aunt had magazines and I was always looking through the magazines and everything and I wanted to do fashion design at CVS but my grandmother was like no you need to get business skills she's like no sewing clothes is not gonna put food on your table you need to get business skills so of course I ended up in the business department and uh but I could not get away from fashion, could not get away from wanting to make clothes. And it's like, okay. So one day um, I was working, um, matter of fact, you know, you remember the steel industry over on 130th, over in all those areas in Chicago. I was um, working over there for this uh, company and just, it was real strong on me to go get um, a sewing machine after work. So I had went to, this is when on 75th and Stony Island, when, you know, that little, it was Zare, and then it turned to Ames, and then it turned back to Zare, and it turned back to Ames, and yeah, so I, it was Ames at that point, so I went to Ames, just grabbed a sewing machine, and threw it in the back of the car, went to the house, got, you know, Leonard and Chrissy, and we had a service at church at night, so we ran a church, got to church, they had a guest, uh, you know, preacher there, or whatever, and so he called me up, and he was like, oh, God is giving you, um, the gift to bring beauty to the body of Christ. And it's like, okay, all right. You know, and he's like, you know, God's going to give you dreams and visions of design. It's like, okay. So kind of went with it, whatever. The next day I opened a sewing machine and, you know, just trying to, th- I could pull put the machine together. I could not even thread the machine. I got so frustrated the machine after an hour, I threw it back in the box. I was like, I'm returning this thing. Threw it in the box, threw it in the corner, forgot all about the machine. So that was December. Fast forward to August, uh, was moving some things around. I was like, oh my God, I forgot this thing was here. So pulled it out, sat down and just started, I threaded the machine and then just kind of thought about, okay, let me see if I can do something with it. Cut out the pattern of a shirt, just sat down and literally cut out the pattern of a shirt and sewed it and made my first shirt. And I was sitting there like, oh, okay, I can do this. And uh, so I've, you know, I've told everybody, I'm like, 
Okay. God taught me how to sew, <laughs> you know, that, that is, is literally like, I, you know, he blessed my hands and anything that I've learned from there, you know, cause I just kept, and this is before the time of YouTube and we could watch mm-hmm. uh, videos or whatever. Um, it was just, I literally would sit there like, okay, how do I do this? And I, I literally feel like I was supernaturally just taught how to do it. And so when we left Chicago, we moved to Michigan. I ended up working for a company that they did uh, outsource tailoring for JCPenney's. And so that's why I really started learning, learning the ins and outs of tailoring men's clothes. And that's what actually took me to the next level. Then you remember when I opened my uh, alterations and tailoring shop there in Michigan. And then after that, a couple of years later, we shortly, uh, shortly we went to Atlanta and Atlanta is where I just began to really dive into the fashion industry. And, um, and the rest is like where I am. So it's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that's, it's like, it's almost like, because I wasn't really, how can I put it? It's almost like, because I wasn't going after it, like it came to me and it just, like I said, it's like, it just found me and was like, okay, this is what you're about to do. And yeah. it's like I said, the journey has been great. It's, it's been great. And I've done things that I never thought I could do. Who, who would have thought that I would show the New York fashion week, you know? <laughs> Like what? Did we did in 2015, <laughs> sitting on that stoop. <laughs> yes, yes. We we definitely did. You know, we saw me interviewing and working with entrepreneurs and helping them grow with my own company and empowering and speaking and teaching. We saw you as the, you know, the the most branded and amazing seamstress and fashion designer you know you are truly a trend setter so with that being said what's next what's next well you know I'm here in the country (laughs) do tell do tell tell. yes I am here in Clarksville Tennessee my husband loves it here so I believe that we're going to be here for a moment you know if I had my way I will be in a lovely you know high rise in New York City somewhere but you know for now we are here in the country I like to call it country as a city but and um so I am going to take advantage because there really is not a heavy fashion footprint here but there are a lot of designers here that are looking uh to build a footprint so I am looking to make a um to try to pull together a fashion council here so I'm kind of doing some research and working on some things with that and um, looking to see what we can get started with that. I'm doing some work with Chattanooga Fashion Expo and um, the lady that's over that and um, looking to get some footing with that and as well as uh, see what I could do with Nashville Fashion Week. So that's uh, some few things here for me here in Tennessee. And of course, uh, like I said, I have an uh, open invitation still with New York Fashion Week. I have uh, actually an open invitation for three shows that have asked me to come seeing how things go with you know health this year yeah. so that I can take take part of that on building some collections uh, some things that I've been working on are, are great I'm excited to get them going and to you know release them yeah so that's what's next so far that I can share so that's a lot that's good that sounds amazing <laughs> yeah. I mean to to definitely you know blaze a new trail there within that area Clarksville Tennessee to be mm-hmm. a, the founder, right? Um, yes. To open <laughs> it, open up that community in the area to different um, a fashion network that will be amazing. So I'm I'm excited for you and happy and very grateful. Like I said, I am excited to honor you June fourth. 
celebrations have occurred virtual, in person in Brooklyn, El Soval, <laughs> the Creator Award recipient, Trailblazer. Um, and, and I will also add, you are definitely a Shiro in my eyes because you have no clue the light you have shined you know on me you know it has been rough <laughs> trying to get settled and acclimated in new york i could not have done it without your support without your love without your encouraging words you were my gap standard when i was tired and crying and <laughs> you were like no joe you have a calling sis you have work to do you know how many people are waiting on you <laughs> Yes, those texts. And it's like, how did you know? Yes, like, like, <laughs> you felt it, right? Um, but here we are. And, and we are in sync. The fact that we both popped on Zoom, it was not planned. We are in yes, yellow. Not planned at all. <laughs> and yellow represents the solar plexus of, of the chakras, which is all about willpower and courage and so it is only fitting and appropriate that we showed up today with these colors but if anyone wants to find more information about you Miss L. Soval please let them know where can they find you get in touch with you yes well they can visit my website at lstoval.com and it's e-l-l-e-s-t-o-v-a-l-l.com and of course they can find me on Facebook under the same name, as well as TikTok and Instagram at L Stovall. All the medias, all the social medias, yes. right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will definitely have to do another interview, a follow-up interview a few months down the line, you know, or maybe an annual yes. checkup, you know, to see where you are, how much you have grown. You never know. One day we might actually be buying or purchasing one of those brown stones and interviews yes. from the steps right yes. <laughs> well thank you so much for joining hon i appreciate you good luck thank and you. we shall talk soon yes thank you for having me and again thank you for the award you are amazing. thank you for joining and listening in we greatly appreciate your time to learn more about our business development classes such as how to start a business business plan development and if you have a wix website and you're struggling with updates we got you i'm also excited to announce that we've launched our new entrepreneur roadmap and execution planner along with the class the class is maxed out at 14 registrants therefore the class books very fast however we do have wait lists available sign up at joytutor.com also last but not least you can follow us on all the social medias at Joy Tutor or Joy Tutor Inc. Until next time, take care.